Amen. Well, uh, Luann and I are so thankful for Yuri and Amanda and uh, for the Father's heart that rests on them that is building the house of God. I will just make a couple comments, and then I'm going to minister a word to them. Then I'm going to give you a word and minister. And you said I have till 1.30? If you pray, we'll make it a little bit shorter, okay? Okay, just kidding. I, I just want to see if you're paying attention. Uh, okay, so, so uh, what, one of the things we have to understand for the coming move of God Networks and denominations will not be able to keep up with the anointing wave unless we move into a fathering role and we understand how that works. Now, uh, is there somebody here that's over 80? Uh, anybody here over 80? Okay. Uh, uh, I... I just for the purpose, is there a man here that's over 80? There's just, you guys have a young church. Like, Luann's father was 97 when he went to be with the Lord. So I'm used to thinking 80 is young. And at 96, 97, he could tell you what was in what drawer. He said, no, it isn't in that drawer. It's in the other drawer. And it was in the drawer he remembered. He could remember what he forgot. I mean, he was that good. I'm just telling you. It gave, me, it gave me a vision for my life because my natural father suffered dementia. And how many of you know that then you start getting fearful? Okay, so is there somebody... Uh, uh, I want to I use men for this for a reason. I'm talking father, even though it's not. Is there somebody here that's 70s? Man that's 70s. There has to be. Okay, so you come up here. You have a lot of white hair. You look like the part. Okay. You could be... Okay, if you come stand up here. Now I need somebody. I need somebody in the 50s. A man in the 50s. Come up here. Okay, you, Reuben, you're here. I need somebody in the 30s. I need a man in the 30s. And, and if you're in the 30s, come and stand to the right of Reuben. Just anyone close here. Uh, now I need somebody that is... Uh, I don't know if we have somebody that would be uh, like uh, 18... 16, somewhere, anybody, how, how old are you? That's good enough. That's 19. Okay. So now, uh, if you guys would come over to the center so this people can see you here too, just stand over here. Uh, you know, I remember when people started calling me sir, and now it actually applies. I'm old enough. Okay. Now... This is what has been happening in the church up to this point. Step, take one step forward, sir. Take one step forward at the end. He will father him, but he cannot be a father till he dies. And you plan on living a while, right? Okay, now this is the problem with this thing. By the time he dies and gives him the church, he is not here to coach him. And every other generation, he can't be a father. He's too old. 
and he's not old enough. And, and so what we have is we have generational gaps of fathers. And because of that, each of their generations will not be fathered because it's skipped all up and jacked up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So in God's plan, step back in the line. Step back in line. So when God's plan, now when you understand this, when I was 19 years old, well, if there was somebody that was 12 years old, is, is there somebody that's like 10 or 11? Come running up here. And I'm going to use this little boy right here. Come on up here. This just works out. Come on up here. Now, when I was his age, I looked up to him. You know why? He had a girlfriend and a job and a car. Are you with me? And I was, he was actually mentoring me because I thought he was cool, far out groovy and all those things that do not apply anymore. Okay, so I'm not even going to go. So the, so the thing was, he doesn't know it, but he's actually fathering him. He's looking at him because he has a wife, a house. He's still living with his mom. And his mother tells him to take out the trash. He doesn't yet realize his wife tells him the same thing. So. <laughs> he just. And he says. He said. I have a girlfriend, but he has a wife, couple time, and children. Man, I can't wait till I'm him, okay? And he works for a company. But he looks up to Reuben because Reuben owns a company. And his wife still tells him to take out the trash. Okay, are we clear on that? And wash the dishes. And wash the dishes, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so what happens is, he has a company, but he looks up to him because he had a company. He retired, and he goes to Florida, Florida for three months out of the year, and his wife still takes him, tell her the trash, right? Yeah, you know, it does not change. But what is happening here, what they're doing is they're fathering each other, and he talks to him about how to run the business. He talks to him about how to get a business. He talks to him about how to get married. And he talks about him, you'll get your license soon. So what's happening is they're all fathering generationally every 20 years. And what happens is there is not this big gap. And this is the deal. If any father is missed from any generation, you produce a fatherless generation because you'll not pass your father's mantle off until you die. And this is called NFL stupid. I'm talking about the National Football League. Okay? National Football League. He's in Papawana. He's being trained. He could be the next quarterback for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Okay, I'm an Eagles fan, I messed up, okay? Just get off my back. Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Boy, the crowd turned ugly all of a sudden. Anyway, so, or Ohio State Buckeyes, right? Yeah, yeah, that, I had to remember where I got pet. Okay, so he is being trained at this level for football. He is actually probably helping. He's probably actually coaching him, and he's touching back. Are you with me? And fathering him. They are not waiting till he gets up here to teach him how to play football. Amen. What are we doing with our kids? We're not babysitting them. We're teaching them to be prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, ministers, worshipers. We're training them while they're here. We're not waiting till they get here, but that's what happens in most churches. And so what we do, the devil comes and makes a better deal while we're waiting for them to get here. Okay, so what's happening? He's in Papawana. He's in high school football. He's out of college in pro and quarterback. But when he becomes older, he becomes a Vince Lombardi that was a quarterback that teaches him how to be the quarterback. And he's the owner of the team. And this is how fathering should look. We should at least be as smart as the NFL. I'm trying to tell you we should be as smart. And this is what happens. This guy that's owner of a team, he can come down here and say, you know, you're out on this football field. You don't feel very important. But someday you could be in the pros. Someday you could be in the pros. You have talent. You have talent. I believe in you. I believe in you. There's something great in your life. God has a call on you. God has a call on you. There's a, voice your, there's a day your voice will go around the world. There is a day your voice will go around the world. Okay, so he goes back. This guy's next to him. He said, he spoke over me years ago. He spoke over me years ago. And now I'm a worship leader. And now I'm a worship leader. I'm going to teach you how to play guitar. I'm going to teach you how to play guitar. And this guy here says, hey, we have youth camp. Hey, we have youth camp. I want you to sing. <clears throat> I want you to sing. They start using his gift now. And, and so do you see what I'm saying? Generationally, we start fathering. Now, this is a deal. Think of this as a Christian. Born again, no matter whether 5, 50 years old, baby Christian, somebody's there fathering him right away. He's not just going to church and becoming a member. He starts getting fathered in the spirit. He starts from multi-level fathering. And, and what this guy, who is the owner of the team, he say, he will not stand and look at these guys and say, nobody can father but me. Nobody can father but me. I own the team. I own the team. What he's saying is, I want all of you to father each other. And what happens is, as he fathers him, he learns how to be a better son to him and to the Father, because whatever you do, you get better at. And you need to learn to be under somebody and fathering. Now, in it, this is the deal. I want to tell you this. If you're here, you don't try to change your father. That's not your responsibility. You honor your father. You train going this way. You can submit ideas going this way, but you do not train uphill. Am I helping anybody? Yeah. When you're training uphill, you're going the wrong direction. 
Your, your training needs to go this way, and you honor this way. If you'll honor this way and train this way, you'll never get run over. Now, it's everything you need to know how to go forward in your life, your job, and your, your, biz, your business, your marriage. How many of you know that you do not instruct your spouse in front of the children? Unless you want to be beat up at night, especially if you're the man. Don't be that stupid. Don't, don't correct your wife in front of the children. The beatings will start. Okay, now, okay. And, and if your wife doesn't beat you, God will beat you. He, he, in other words, we honor each other. Are you hearing me? Okay, we honor each other. Now, what I'm saying is revival hits. If we have a threefold cord is not easily broken, but if we're saying you can't do anything till I'm gone, which has been the case of a lot of groups, we then, what happens is, I want you to think about this guy that used to be a pro quarterback. He's now coaching the team he owns. And that's why when you have a coach that used to be a quarterback, on that team, they'll have the best quarterback. How many of you watch basketball at all? Do you remember the, the Chicago Bulls when Michael Jordan would win? The Chicago Bulls? They had a little guy called Steve Kerr who they would not bring in till the fourth quarter because he was a little bit shorter, but by the fourth quarter, the guys that were big lost their legs, and he'd sit and shoot three points because now they were half a step slower and they couldn't block him. The first quarter, they could easily block him. But the fourth quarter, they couldn't. He becomes a coach, and on his team is the number one three shooting point because what was on him, he put on somebody else. Are you hearing me? He took what he could do and put it on somebody else. Listen, I don't care what you do. If you're here, here. Put it on somebody down generationally. Don't say, I'm going to take you to heaven with me. You are not a father until somebody can do what you do. I was in China in the underground church with a group that had gone over before that I had trained in the prophetic. And as I'm telling this underground church, listen, I could have been arrested where I was at. They had to sneak me in. And you talk about holiness because everybody in that group, you had to bet your life that there was no informant in the group. So it was not everybody come. You only invited other people that you knew that they would leave alive because you knew they were the real deal. They were Christian. So how many of you know if your life depended on somebody who was a Christian, you'd be born picky. At this. You'd have a holy gathering because everybody had to be checked out. So when, the, when they started praying, and uh, I was starting to instruct them how to prophesy, and this young guy come to me and said, you're giving away all our secrets. I said, number one, I trained you. They're not your secrets. They're mine. I gave them to you. Number two is, we're not going to be here, and they are. I want them to be able to do what God has called them to do. I am not trying to be something special by saying, look what I can do, but I won't tell you how I do it. The Bible says you're only a fivefold prophet if you equip others to do the work of the ministry. So the truth that I'm a prophet is not that I can prophesy, but when I leave, you can. Come on, that's good. I, I'm, I'm just telling you, and like yesterday, we did an activation. We can even, we can even do one tonight. We can do it this morning. But the thing is, 
I'm a fivefold because what I do, I equip you. Think about this. If a fireman, a chief, fireman chief comes in and equips you, you, you leave with an axe, an extinguisher, and a suit, and you know how, and a fire truck. So you don't have to call him to put out a fire. He equipped you to handle fires. And I'm tired of people demonstrating what they can do, but never training others to do what they can do. So that they can come and watch what we do, but never, they, get, they never get to do it. What fathers do, they teach others to do what they do. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We see this in the early church. Fathering is the, the school, and there has to be a father's anointing for the revival coming because it's going to hit so strong. We won't have by, four years of Bible school. We'll have to, I mean, there'll still be Bible school, but some people are going to rise up like Stephen. They're going to be anointed. Now, listen, in the Jewish culture, at 12 years old, they knew the Torah. They were not untrained. They knew the Word of God. And listen, whether you believe it or not, the New Testament church in the first couple of hundred years, all they read from was the Old Testament. There was no New Testament. They were letters. Are you with me? The New Testament came later. But these guys knew the word. When the power hit them, they were ready to go. And so what we have to see is the Father's heart come back to the church and a revelation of the Spirit of the Father. I believe it's going to be the quantum shift that will help sustain revival. And we are going to break the fatherless spirit that is over this orphan world. In the name of Jesus, people are going to belong. People are going to know they have significance. And they're going to be mentored by their fathers. They're not going to have to compete with their fathers. Yeah, and this is not... I'm using this because I'm talking fathering. But actually, this is the same thing with women. If you really want to look at it, I could take him out and put a woman here and say what Paul said to Timothy. You've been raised up by your mother, your grandmother. You've been fathered by your grandmother in the things of the Lord. I was last night, I went and got gas at a gas station, and the, the guy that was waiting on me was from Seaford, Delaware. That's just right around the corner from where I live and was born. So I gave him, I said, I looked at him, and I said, I feel that I'm in front of you prophesying to you because your grandmother's praying for you. And he said, she's a very godly woman. I didn't sense the same thing on him, but I felt God. I said, I am here because of her prayers for you. I said, and I'm going to give you a book. And his name was Joshua. And I said, I'm going to get him back into what God created him for. Do you know when you minister to somebody, it could be because some grandma's praying for him. And his, their prayers are sending you to that person to give life. So I ran out, I gave him my David book, and I said, it'll change your life. And I talked to him, but he knew, he knew about the things of the Lord. He wasn't that excited, but I think his grandmother was. Okay. <laughs> but see, her, I am fathering him by speaking to him. He may never see me again. The amount of time you spend with somebody does not mean how much you father them. You father them by giving them faith. They can believe that what their life is is special. Now, I'm going to talk just, I'm going to make a comment about Esther. An unseen promotion is for an unknown assignment. She was an orphan. Both of her parents died. Jewish parents died. I believe there's a reason why no good Jewish parents would let their daughter marry a heathen king. Over their dead body, they would. 
And so God removed them because he knew they would never stand to see Esther go with this ungodly king. Now, she went from being orphaned to being the queen of a nation that actually was not within the Jewish context. Do you know, sometimes you're going to have to live outside of the context to even fulfill God's will, will and word. You think, how could this be? Everybody say, for such a time as this. Some of you may say, well, why am I working with this heathen guy? I shouldn't be unequally yoked. Maybe you're working with him because you're going to get him saved. He says, well, don't be unequally. You know what? If, if you understand this, the Israelites were commanded not to marry the Moabites. But you know what? Ruth was a Moabite because she loved God. She's in the genealogy of Jesus. Get over it. Rahab was in the wrong city in the wrong business. In the genealogy of Jesus. Get over it. Jesus comes through a line of a woman who was a prostitute. Isn't that amazing grace? And actually not, in a sense, what was forbidden by by law, but in principle, what God was saying is, you don't get hooked up with anybody that doesn't put me first. And Rahab and Ruth both put God first, and he said, that's what I do. God was always about whoever put him first. He was not just about a people group. Does that make sense to you? Okay, let's give these underpaid actors a hand as they go back. Yep. Now... With that understanding, this is what I'm going to challenge people that are 50, 30, 20. Start fathering now, but find your fathers that are fathering you. Start taking care of somebody else now, but find somebody who's going to father you so you can be a better father. Does that make sense? And it doesn't mean you've arrived in fathering, but I'm going to tell you this. If you don't start fathering your generation, the devil will. We have to start influencing and raising up. And listen, you have to decide that you're going to lead your generation. You're not going to follow them. You're going to have to come into a place where you believe you lead. And I'm going to tell you how you lead. You lead by example. Live a life that's so refreshing. I remember I went back to visit the... Uh, the girl in uh, the high school the, that I went to, public school the last, my 11th year, and she was very famous, very popular, very sports. And uh, so we were just talking about their, our life, and she said, well, Dale, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm a pastor, and I've traveled here, and I've done this, I've done that, I've done the other. And uh, she just looked at me and said, and I said, what, are, what have you done? She said, she said, well, I got married to the guy that was really popular, basically, and said, my life has really been boring compared to yours. When you live for God, your life should be so exciting because he is advancing you into an adventure. Christianity may be many things, but boring is not one of them if you follow him. You have the most exciting life. You have the most exciting life. 
I want to just give you a word from Jim Carrey. Do you know who Jim Carrey is, the little comedian, movie star? He made a comment I just loved. He said, I wish everybody could get rich to realize that it isn't everything it's cracked up to be and get over it and live. <laughs> of course, he hasn't given us his money, but, uh, but what he was saying is, being famous and being rich is not as great as people think it is, but being anointed and in the purpose of God is everything. You and I have something the world doesn't have. Do you know every great movie is based around something people would be willing to die for? And in this world, people have nothing to die for that do not know God. They really don't. Not that they would feel good about it, it, there's, a, you know, maybe somebody might, might save somebody else's life and die, but most people would not die. We have chosen to die to ourselves right from the gun. And so I want to just speak over, if you guys would come up here a minute, I just want to speak because I feel like today one of the things that I want to release is a father's blessing over a father. Father and father. And, and this is an anointing. Listen, this is an anointing that's from Father God, that rests on, on women. How many of you know he has to be the bride of Christ? She can father in the spirit. Because in the spirit, there's neither Greek nor Jew, male nor female. Right, do you follow what I'm saying? So if there is nothing in that, that means she can operate out of the same anointings. But I just want to say, as a father to fathers, and I'm saying... To you, Pastor Yuri, you are father to fathers. You are father to fathers, Amanda. I speak that this is a house of fatherhood. When people come into this house, the orphan spirit falls off of them. And the Lord said, I'm going to show you how to train those fathers that will mentor others, but still honor you. They'll help instruct others, but they will help support. And I felt like God said, you're going to have not just three, four, but you're literally going to start creating waves and tears of fathers and understanding and a revelation. And the Lord said, in this community, there's been a father's anointing that got derailed, but it was there. And God said, by the Spirit, you're going to build something they never had. And the father's anointing and the generational anointing is going to heal the land. And the Lord said, it's going to be a testimony that is not found in any other group any other persuasion except those that come out of the Father's order and the order of heaven and the purpose of heaven. And the Lord said, you're going to establish even father centers around the world where people start to father others and generationally. And God said, I'm giving you revelation. I'm giving you others, uh, men and women who will father in different nations. And Lord, I thank you for the release and the, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the producers that reproduce and reproduce producers that reproduce producers. And Lord, that nobody will stop and say, I want to be the end all and the know it all. But there'll be a fathering anointing that will outlast you in the name of Jesus that you can watch from heaven should the Lord tarry and see fathers you've raised up, raising up other fathers when you're not on earth. Lord, I release that father's mantle. I release it, Lord, to rest on him. And I felt like the Lord said there are churches that are going to be given to, to you, not in, not in title and deed, but they'll be given to you to father and you're going to step in and father and you're going to recognize the fathers that are in that house and you're going to start raising up uh, 
pastoral teams that father, they just don't pastor, but they raise up the fathers and the mothers in Christ. And the Lord said, get ready for new wine to be squeezed out of this house and let it go and flow over the nations. And the Lord said, I am going to use this house to be one of the forces that crushes the orphan spirit. And I don't know why I felt like I saw you at 22 and I felt like there was a door that shut on you and the Lord said, and, it, and it's like your heart got uh, slammed in that door, but God said, now I'm taking even the pain of that and I'm causing your heart to open up to let other people in. And I just want to give you the scripture that Paul said, Apostle Paul, he said, an effective door has been opened to me. And, uh, and, and so he stayed there and ministered because it was an effective door, much fruit in this season. And I heard God say that I'm taking you from the frustration of three years ago into the fruition of the next, and I, I will say even 30 years, I felt like you're going into fruition, fruition. There's going to be fruit, fruit that remains to the glory of the Father. So Lord, I release that anointing of Abraham, the anointing of Abraham to birth Isaac, Jacob, Israel, the people of God, princes, princes in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I, how many of you, while I'm talking to you, would just put up your hands and just say this. Just put up your hands like this, like you're getting ready to receive, like an a NFL football receiver, like I'm receiving. Just say, I receive a father's anointing Somebody's going to win because I have faith for them, because I speak words of faith, and because I love them, they will not feel alone. Lord, help me be the father to someone who needs my strength, my love, my encouragement. In Jesus' name, amen. Now. We, we can talk about this. Some of you may not understand this, but at least start with showing other people the Father's love. You know that really well, but I'm going to tell you this. I, I was with my wife, and there was a man. Uh, he lost his father at a young age. And as I was talking to him, I was encouraging him, and she looked at me and she said, uh, Dale, I don't think you know it, but he's looking to you as a father. Immediately, I changed my conversation to match my identity. I started taking more personal interest. I started asking different questions because if somebody looks at me as their father, then I go into different places. But I am a father, and I tend to be that way in general with everybody. But when somebody looks at me as a father, then I shift some of the questions, some of my prayers. Why? Because now I'm more personally responsible. Now, my goal is not to be a father to all of you. My goal is to raise up fathers and to encourage what father is here to raise up other fathers because I don't live here. You will not see me here but twice a year, maybe, so you're going to really feel orphaned if you're looking to me. And I can father you while I'm here, but you need fathers that are in the house, not a father that only comes home twice a year. Let's be reasonable. So this is the deal, and some, 
Not everybody can come to him all the time. So how many of you are going to stop helping somebody else? And listen, when I said I was 13 and I looked up to the guy that was 20 because he had a car and a girlfriend and a job, I'm not kidding. He was affecting me. And also, you can learn from people what you shouldn't do. I, I was 14 years old, standing in front of a coffin of one of the coolest guys in a Mennonite church. He had a 55 Chevy with a 396, triple carbs, but he was laying in a casket because at 21, he went out drinking, did over 130 mile an hour, hit a culvert, flipped it six times, broke his neck, packed his throat with glass and dirt, and I said, I'll never go over racing. I'll never go over 90. And I raced. When I got to 80, I stopped because he taught me something. I looked up to him, but the way he taught me was not a good way of teaching. I thought he was cool, but I looked in front of that casket. And listen, that's the truth. I would be racing, and I had a car that could do over 100, but when I get to 80 and 90, I'd take my foot off the gas because he taught me. Don't you do stupid to teach people. Do smart. But, you know, sometimes you can learn from dumb, and I've sponsored dumb myself several times. <laughs> I've learned from my own dumbness. Come on, let's be honest. I've done some dumb things. Now, what I want to talk to you about today is I'm going to talk about several things. And listen, when, uh, I want you to understand what is not of faith is sin, you can't do something because somebody else did. What's life to you may not be life to somebody else. My wife came up and said, I feel like that somebody needs to put the covering on the altar. Well, now, the whole story is this. Her husband had said to her, I think you need to, you need to give up that head covering. So first of all, it was coming from her authority. Her husband, there was agreement. She was saying, I want to hang on because, you know, I'm thinking about my mother and I'm thinking about this and that. You hear what I'm saying? And when my wife gave it to her, it was already God was convicting her. And so don't try to make what God told her to do that you need to do that today to be blessed of heaven. Because I only need to do what God tells me, not what people tell me. Because if you take your covering off because I tell you, you will not receive a blessing. Because now you're just a bang man again. And so what I say, it's better to obey God than man. So you have to know you're seizing your time. And you know, uh, one of the things that I realized is people are not getting to heaven based on doctrine. They're getting, to, they're getting to heaven based on the doctor. Dr. Jesus, I believe you can have some wrong doctrine and still go to heaven. But wrong doctrine may keep you from bringing heaven to earth. It, it can keep you from your destiny but if you love Jesus, it's not going to keep you from Jesus. Now, there's, there's places, and I think, but I'm saying, how many of you know, I'm going to talk to you about the greatest sin in the church, the greatest demonic sin in the church, and I'm going to tell you what it's not. It's not lust. You know what it is? Pride. It's the original sin of devil, the devil. And how it hits the church is, I'm a better Christian than you. How often do you fast? I fast more than you. How often do you pray? I pray twice as much. I, punch, I saw your checkout clock at, at IHOP. You put in 15 hours, I put in 30. Bless God forevermore. Are you with me? And what we're doing, 
We're measuring how good we are so we can know how much God will use us instead of looking at how good He is. I'm looking at my goodness and I'm going to tell you, pride is what threw the devil out of heaven. He started worshiping the Lord and he got caught up with his worship instead of who he was worshiping. Do you know you can start loving your songs more than you love the person you're singing to? You can get married as a husband and be more in love with your marriage than with your wife. And so, come on, honey, make me look good. Because I'm in love with my marriage, not with you. Come on, church, make me look good as a pastor because I, I, I mean, not that it's ever happened to us, but I've read about other pastors. I've never thought that at all. So anyway, and if you believe that, I have land to sell you in Florida. <laughs> How many of you know our flesh is corporately flaky? It is crazy. But if we will humble ourselves by giving Him worship and loving Him, putting Him above everything else, and giving up any special claim, because elitism will never train the multitudes for revival, because it's, you have to be as special as us, and, you, and if you're not as special, we'll put you out. And our claim to fame is how special we are, not how special He is. And all the attention comes back to us and then people want to be in or people are afraid to be out. Now this is the truth. God loves the world. And we're having trouble loving the church. He loves the unsaved world. How many of you know, even though some of you, listen, I probably never missed 10 Sundays of church. But just going to church did not make me a Christian no more than sitting in my garage made me a Chevrolet. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, if, I'm telling you, after you've been in church that long, sometimes you need to represent your heart to God all over again. And you know, even being saved, I'm going to just say this, just take your hand and say, Lord, here's my heart. Here's my life. Lord, I want it to serve you. You're so good. And you're so great. Help me to be an example that makes people believe you're that good. Now, do you realize you're God's poster boy and poster girl? I heard that cry. You're, you're God's poster boy, poster girl. His reputation hangs on you and me. Now, you can either try to be so holy or you can just simply be real. You can just start loving people. And I'm going to just say this to you. You live with yourself. How many of you know you look really good from 50 miles away? You know what an expert is? Anybody from 50 miles away carrying a briefcase. And especially if you're a doctor, that's impressive. You know, you want to say Dr. Dale? You don't want to say it. Just say Dr. Dale. I've been waiting for you. Okay, how many of you know that 
that any accomplishment has to have a purpose that glorifies him. Now, I said last night, the reason I took that title was so my books could go into theological schools. I did not take it to have my identity secured. I, they're using it in Bible schools, theological accredited universities. And I said, if they're using it for a doctorate program, I'm going to have a doctor in front of my name. That way, when I die, they'll still use them, not because I need to be more important. Now, let me just do this real quick. Some of you, how many of you have never heard me speak before? Okay, a couple. I think some of you need to be reminded. Do I have a, do I have a father and a daughter in the crowd? Right there, sir. Just bring your daughter on up. Oh, she loves to be in front of people, I can tell. Come on. <laughs> I had somebody tell me last night, they said, they're not, a, they're not a public speaker. They don't like to speak in front of people. Are you still here tonight? You can come over to the center, yeah. Uh, and, but they spoke at a funeral of somebody who kicked him out of a group. And they said, the Lord just downloaded on them what to say. And, and I said, I looked at him and said, would you quit stop? Would you stop saying you're not a public speaker? You spoke in front of a group that kicked you out and God gave you a download. You didn't change your identity. I said, say with me, I'm a public speaker. I'm a public speaker. And he said, I said, that's what you did. Okay. So if I could just, what's your name? Cadence. Cadence and? Ryland. Ryland. What's your last name? Hickman. Hickman. Okay. I knew, I, okay. So I want you to turn and I want you to say to uh, your dad, I'm going to say, you say, uh, Mr. Mr. Hickman. Mr. Hickman. I have faith in my faith. I have faith in my faith. And what I ask you for. And what I ask you for. I want to receive. I want to receive. Now, now, Mr. Hickman, how do you feel about her asking you that way? It's a little weird. Oh, I know. I know. Okay. And your first name again is? Ryland. Ryland. Okay. Okay, Ryland. And I'm just going to pretend that you're an elder. I know what it is. You're not respecting him. Say, elder. Elder. Hickman. Hickman. I have faith in my faith. I have faith in my faith. Now, what's, what's wrong with this picture? It's the title. What? Elder. What? The elder. Well, aren't elders important? Well, yeah. Is it Mr. Hickman important? Yes. Well, what's wrong with her calling you daddy? She's not calling me daddy. God is so tired of people calling him Mr. God. My daughter said to me, the name, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. She said, I think, Dad, the hallowed name of God is our Father. Everybody say, our Father. Father. Put your hand over your heart say, my Father. my Father. Until he becomes my Father, you'll never ask him for the best. Now, so put your hand on your Father's shoulder and say, Dad. Dad. You're awesome. You're awesome. You're strong. You're strong. You're strong. You're the wisest man I know. You're the wisest man I know. Can I have $10,000? <laughs> Can I have $10,000? Now, how many know he's digging in his wallet already? See, see, I'm going to tell you, a lot of us are coming to God with our faith, but we're not coming to him as dad. Because, let me just say, press this a little bit further. Have you written four books? No. I just want you to know I have. I know I'm more important than her. Uh, have you traveled to the nations? No. Name them. I've been there, baby. You're talking to the dude. I am bad. Okay? Just a little bit more. Uh, 
Have you prophesied over tens of thousands of people? No. Jesus loves me. I am important. <laughs> now, now that we're done with this, if, are you 16 yet? Okay. Would you help, did you help her with the car? I'm getting there. Okay. You're going to, would you, but will you help her with the car when she gets it? Absolutely. Okay. You're going to help me get a car? No. We got a problem here because I am more important. Now, what's, what is he not getting? Okay. If, if, if 10 years down the road she needs a place to live, can she come back home for a while? Absolutely. Could I stay with you if I have a need? Maybe. Could I stay with you for six months? No. Now, see, he don't understand how important I am. I don't know what his problem is. Now, this is the problem in the body of Christ. We've been trying to be important instead of being a son or daughter to the Father. And God is so tired of it, he's about to throw up. He is so over us being important. He said, if you'll just come as a son and a daughter, you can have more. Listen, when she starts honoring her father, I'm, I'm just telling you, 10,000 is not the limit. You can get more. I'm just telling you, this is a secret for every teenager. You start honoring your parents, your inheritance grows. I'm not kidding. Your parents will want to help you out. Why? Because of relationship, not because of your great faith, but actually out of your great relationship, there should be great faith. She can get things from him I could never dream of getting. And until you see yourself as a son and a daughter to the father, you will never ask for the best. Did you hear what I said? You can say, Abba, Father. You can say, Daddy, God. But if you don't see him as your father, you'll never ask for heaven's best. And it actually will hurt you, not him. Because when she asks his help, she's actually honoring his ability. She believes he doesn't just have 10,000. He probably has hundreds of thousands. Have you written your tithe check yet today? I just, anyway, okay, just a minute. I just felt like to collect there for a minute. Anyway, I just, but are you with me? Because he, she's not trying to break him. She is leaning into his riches. And if you don't see God as rich, listen, his pockets are so deep, you could ask him for a miracle, an anointing, and if you lose it, he can dig deeper and get you more. He has deep pockets. He's the God of the second and the third chance. If you come back and you say, Father, I blew what you gave me. Will you give me some more? Do you, do you know why the elder son and my have that and two sons and a father? But do you know why the elder son got mad when the younger son got back? Because the older son got a double portion to take care of the younger son. And he knew that when he came back, as a jo his job as a father... The father role to have, he was supposed to help him out and he didn't want to. Don't you ever get to the place you don't want to help somebody else out. But the father has deep pockets, okay? All right, let's give them underpaid actors a hand. That was really great. You did a good job. Now, some of you are still having more faith in your faith than in your dad. 
And this is problematic because if you get an answer because of your faith, you start trusting your faith. But if you get an answer because of your faith in your dad, don't put away your faith, but put it in your dad. And I want you to say, I want you to say, by the Spirit, we cry what? Do you know it takes the Spirit of God for you to say, Abba, Father? Now, in this, I, I just want you, can I have the three of you just come up real quick, real quick. Okay, just come up again because you're getting good at this. Okay. <laughs> And, and I need you, Pastor Yuri, to stand right there behind there at, on this stand right here up there. And I need you two to stand right here. And I need you to stand in front of Pastor Yuri. Uh, okay. okay, right now, stand up in front of him. Now, and you stand right here. You're good. Yeah. Okay, so this is God the Father up here, Elohim. And it says in the Bible, he knew you before your mother ever held you. So literally, Father God... Birth, say your name again. Cadence. Father God birthed Cadence through Ryan and Caitlin. And Caitlin. So as he pushes her through, push her through, Father God, two of them, he used the two of them and come on front to create her. Step forward. Now, when she turns around and tries to decide her future, don't you look at the doors she came through. Look back up at Father God who made you. Thank and honor your parents because when you honor your parents, you're honoring Father God, but you look at God to determine who you are. David, don't look at your parents and say, well, we're shepherds. How could I be a king? You came from a king. If he wants to make you a king, you're going to be a king. If he wants you to be a shepherd, you're going to be a best shepherd. But you didn't come... You didn't come from your parents. You came through them. You came from him. He knew you. He said in Jeremiah, said, I knew you when you were in your mother's womb. You have to understand that God will never make another you. You're his one shot at something in your generation. Don't you waste it. Don't you leave this earth without making a difference. And I don't want any excuses. Bacal, some group treated you. I don't care what somebody did to you, even what somebody did for you. I'm talking about Father God made me for this. Everybody say this with me. For such a time as this. The weight of history is on our destiny to accept what God has called us to do. The revival that's coming, we can pray, but if we don't step into our identity, if right now, I'm, gonna just, I'm ending with this, and then I'm going to minister some. It went longer than I planned. And I said, let's give them a hand. You can sit down for a minute. They did a good job. Now, if I said to you, I wanna take up a, I'm going to take up an offering, and I don't want any money, all I want is your ID and all of your keys to your house, to your car. Don't want any money. I'm not even going to take your house or keys. I, I, want your, I want all your keys and I want your ID. Now, you have to break into your own car. You can't drive home. You have to break in your own house. What I'm saying is... If you don't have your identity, you can't function. You may have 100000 in the bank, but if you don't have your ID, you can't get it out. 
What am I saying to you? If you don't have your ID in the kingdom, you can't get the finances you need, you can't get the miracles, you can't have your car, you can't have your future. Your identity is more important than money. Money you can make, but if you lose your identity, and if you've ever been in a foreign nation and they take your identity, they could put you in a jail and you could rot and you could never prove that you didn't belong there. I know people that have been in those situations. Stand to your feet right now. We're going to have tonight a lot of prophetic ministry. Today, I felt like this was a revelation of Father's identity. And I want you to say this with me. My identity in God is crucial to His destiny for me. And where the enemies tried to steal it, I take it back in Jesus' name. I'm a son you can say, I'm a daughter to the Father. And because of that, I have favor. What I ask, I receive. Not because I'm important, but I'm important to Him. I'm a son or, or daughter. You can say that. I need to clarify that. Some people don't know how to answer that. But I'm a son. And it gives me privileges. Do you, now, I want you to look at me. I want to give this last point. If I walk into your house as much as you would invite me in, if I go over and open up the refrigerator and start pulling out food, you'll look at me like something's wrong with me. But it's only a refrigerator. But you know what? It's understood that that refrigerator is only opened by family. If you want something, you ask, but you don't open up my refrigerator. We all understand that, Right? Like, but how many of you know you could actually have a son that had too many bears and he can come home and open up that refrigerator because he's still a, and I'm still a perfect orphan in that house. I'm not a son in that house. You hear what I'm saying? But that son, so I'd rather have son, I'd be a son with issues than a perfect orphan in God's kingdom. You can be so holy, but you don't have refrigerator rights. So I want you to reach up into your father's house. You have the keys of heaven because that's where your father lives. And you get to open up his refrigerator. So I want you to open up the refrigerator to your father's house in heaven and open it up. Reach back past the miracle and grab a bowl of anointing and say, I receive that in Jesus' name. See, the problem is you've been living out of your refrigerator instead of your father's refrigerator. You've been living out of the keys to your house instead of the keys to heaven. You that's where your father is. That's why you got the keys to heaven. You have your father's house keys. I will not give you the keys to my house, but I'll give them to my daughter, to my son. You will not give me the keys to your house unless I'm a son or daughter. We have keys to our father's house. He's waiting us to make visits, not and when we die, get to heaven. He wants us to visit him now. Let's give him a hand clap. He's a great father. <laughs> Pastor Yuri.